Today, we're talking about how to get better podcast engagement, how to have success on Clubhouse, and how to use better words in better places to reach more people. DJ, run the tape. Welcome to the After Hours Entrepreneur, where you're going to learn how to create better content in less time and turn that attention into income. I'm Mark Savant. Let's start the show. One of the things that we want more than anything else is to get engagement, is to get that connection with our listeners. So how can you actually turn listeners into engaged, active participants in your show? I'm going to give you a few different ways that you can make that happen. So first off is running surveys. You can set up surveys either on your website or have a little link. You can even set up a Google form or a Google survey for free. Just put a link in your comments. But having a place where people can get involved to answer questions and then maybe give them shout outs during the show is a great way to get people involved and engaging in you and your show. Giveaways are another thing that you can do as well. Give people some sort of gift card, some sort of Amazon gift card, some sort of giveaway, shot out. Maybe it's a chance to be on your podcast, whatever it is. Create some sort of competition. Create some sort of giveaway. If you share the show, you'll be hitting a raffle to win a $20 Amazon gift card. It doesn't need to be big. It doesn't be crazy. I mean, the more money you've got, the better. But do some sort of giveaway. Get people interested. Get people involved. Give people a financial reason to get involved in your show. Another great way of getting people engaged in what you're doing on your podcast is actually get them engaged in what you're doing on your podcast. So get them involved in clubhouse rooms. Do an Instagram live with one of your bigger fans. Give them opportunities to actually contribute and participate. Have them maybe send you in questions that you address specifically on the podcast. All the, I, I just, and I got to say, clubhouse is a fantastic way for you to continue to engage hear questions, get a read on what people are feeling. Uh, to me, Clubhouse is one of the best ways that podcasters can get engagement. A, because it's it's happening in real time, but B, it's, it's audio to audio. So you're already speaking to people that appreciate, enjoy audio through your podcast. Talk to them in Clubhouse. I tell, promise you they'll enjoy it and they'll love it. Another tip I have for engaging your podcast listeners is don't get overwhelmed with too many platforms at once. If you're focused on Instagram and you're focused on Clubhouse and you're focused on YouTube and you're focused on LinkedIn, you you what ends up happening is you get spread so thin that your audience doesn't really have a place to live and and communicate directly with you. Now, you might be able to pull this off. This is what I help people actually do. I help people create better content in less time. I help people be in 20 different places at once. But if you don't have a financial resource or if you don't have a team or agency backing you, that is exhausting and it's really difficult to keep up. So for most people, I recommend two platforms, one for your long form content and one for your short term content that's highly engaged. Okay, so pick a place where you've got high engagement and a place where you've got lots of long form content that may be YouTube and TikTok. It might be Instagram and your podcast, but that's a really great strategy for increasing engagement with your audience. Now, we talked about how much I love Clubhouse for engaging with your audience. Let's actually talk about how to actually execute on it. How can I leverage Clubhouse to get more podcast listeners and to get more engagement? How do we do that? So the first real, real key to success on Clubhouse is you got to speak. You got to get on stage. You got to talk. If you're not speaking on Clubhouse, you're missing the mark. Now, this can be either hosting your own rooms or it can be guesting in other rooms. We're going to talk about that in a moment, but you just got to get on stage and you got to speak. 
Now, when you get your chance to speak, focus as little as possible on selling and focus on value. What's the type of room you're in? Who's in that room? What do they need to know? How do you solve the problem that they have? Focus on spreading value, and that's how you're going to get success on Clubhouse. And once you've given someone a quick win, something that's valuable that they can take home, that's when you say, listen to my podcast here or engage with me on Instagram or whatever your call to action is. But you want to start by delivering as much value as possible. If you do plan on hosting rooms, which I strongly recommend, I would also encourage you to start reaching out to some of the larger clubs and some of the owners of these large clubs, because if you're hosting rooms for these large clubs, it gives you more credibility and it gives you access to a larger audience. So if you want to have an impact on Clubhouse, start engaging and teaming up with large clubs and club owners. Even when you're not on stage, you're not speaking, you should be leveraging back channel. Back channel is the messaging platform within Clubhouse. And this is really important for engaging and de developing relationships with people. So even if you're on stage and you're not speaking, start direct messaging people, start checking out bios. Again, it really comes down to being an active participant in the room. I think that a lot of people think of Clubhouse very similarly to the way that we think about podcasts in that they're a passive process, but Clubhouse is not passive. It's active. It's engaged. You're actually part of it. It's kind of cool. It's, it's like radio, but you're a part of that radio episode. So if you're not speaking on stage or even if you are, leverage back channel to communicate and develop relationships with people that you'd like to know. Now, you're still on Clubhouse and you've been on stage. When you get the chance to speak to that person you've really been wanting to speak to, go for the ask. Don't be afraid to ask someone to be on your show or to collaborate with you or even to buy your course, okay? Although, we talked about this. Don't sound so salesy. Please, do not be salesy. But don't be afraid to go for the ask. If you don't ask, you don't go. Another really clear and really important part of having success on Clubhouse and getting engagement in Clubhouse is having a clear bio. You want to be clear. You want to be concise with your bio. And you can even adapt and change your bio for different types of rooms that you might be in. But make sure that you have a clear bio because, again, when you're DMing people, when you're speaking on stages, when you're engaging, when you're hosting, what do you want people to know about you? Because they're going to be going to your bio and you, my friend, have a choice of what they read and what they know about you. Make content based on what you want to be known for. Key to success. So this next topic we're going to talk about, it's super important. We hear the word search engine optimization and keywords thrown around so often. And keywords are really important. So here's the question. How can you do research to make sure you're using the right keywords in your titles, in your descriptions? Let's look at a few ways that you can research the keywords that are going to matter for you. We want to be using keywords that are A, relevant to our niche, they're relevant to us in the value that we bring, and are also being searched for. But it's not just about search volume. It's about search volume, it's about competitiveness, and it's about relevancy. So the volume, how many people are typing this into Google, right? Or how many people are typing this into Spotify or into YouTube? How many people are searching for this online, basically? The, com the competition aspect is important too because if you're competing against lots of people that are using that same keyword, it's going to be much harder for you to rank in Google. Basically, when someone types your keyword into Google, you're not going to show up. 
because there's millions of other people that are showing up above you. So you want to try to find the keywords that are being searched for, but have a lower level of competition. These are the keywords that are going to make it easier for you to stand out. And then the third aspect of it is relevancy, because if you're standing out for the wrong word, it's not going to hit. So make sure that you're looking for words that are being searched. They have search volume. They are low in competitiveness, and they're extremely relevant to your audience. So now let's talk about some tools that we can use to figure out which keywords are actually going to work. The first place you can go is trends.google.com. That's trends.google.com. Just a great way of getting an idea of what people are typing into Google, how many of them are typing into Google, and what it might cost to run ads against these potential words. Speaking of ads, ads.google.com. Go to ads.google.com, figure it out, start looking at what the cost is of these words. This will also give you an insight into, again, what's the competitiveness of this keyword. You can also go to askthepublic.com. This is a good way of getting a different idea of some of the different questions people are asking about your keyword, whether it's the who, what, how. It's going to give you a lot of different ways to frame your questions around the keyword that you're going in on. I mean, my next tip is a super easy one. Just use the autofill function on Google. When you go into Google and you start typing in words, what is going to autofill after that? This is going to give you an idea of how you can frame your questions. You can do the same thing on YouTube. What are the things that are being autofilled after I start typing in these words? You can also use a paid tool. I love this paid tool for YouTube. It's called vidIQ. TubeBuddy is also another option. But if you're using some of these basic paid options, it's going to give you a really, really, really clear way of determining what people are searching for on YouTube, which is the second largest search engine on the internet. So again, we're kind of connecting things together, but if people are searching for something on YouTube, they're going to be searching for it on other platforms too. So leveraging these tools is going to help you figure out what keywords are going to be great for you. You could even use a tool like synonym.com. I love looking at synonyms for words because it helps me to brainstorm words that I maybe hadn't thought about before. And then I can start running them through these keyword research tools that we just talked about. I'll tell you what, if you're following these tips that we talked about today, there's going to be nothing but success for you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you here next time on the After Hours Entrepreneur. Peace.